Reading February 28, Leviticus 22, 17 to 23, 44. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. You've given it to us, Lord God, and we obey by reading it and give you all the praise and the glory. And thank you for making our lives possible in every area of life. In Jesus' name, amen. And the Lord said to Moses, Give Aaron and his sons and all the Israelites these instructions, which apply both to native Israelites and to the foreigners living among you. If you present a gift as a burnt offering to the Lord, whether it be to fulfill a vow or a voluntary offering, you will be accepted only if your offering is a male animal with no defects. It may be a bull, a ram, or a male goat. Do not present an animal with defects because the Lord will not accept it on your behalf. If you present a peace offering to the Lord from the herd or the, or the flock, whether it is to fulfill a vow or a voluntary offering, you must offer a perfect animal. It may have no defects of any kind. You must not offer an animal that is blind, crippled, or injured, or that has a wart, a skin sore, or scabs. Such animals must never be offered on the altars as special gifts to the Lord. If a bull or lamb has a leg that is too long or too short, it may be offered as a volunteer offering, but it may not be offered to fulfill a vow. If an animal has damaged testicles or is castrated, you may not offer it to the Lord. You must never do this in your own land. And you must not accept such an animal from foreigners and then offer it as a sacrifice to your God. Such animals will not be accepted on your behalf, for they are mutilated or defective. And the Lord said to Moses, When a calf or a lamb or a goat is born, it must be left with its mother for seven days. From the eighth day on, it will be accepted as a special gift to the Lord. But you must not slaughter a mother animal and her offspring on the same day, whether from the herd or the flock. When you bring a thanksgiving offering to the Lord, sacrifice it properly so you will be accepted. Eat the entire sacrifice animal on the day it is presented. Do not leave any of it until the next morning. I am the Lord. You must faithfully keep all my commandments, putting them into practice, for I am the Lord. Do not bring shame on my holy name, for I will display my holiness among the people of Israel. I am the Lord who makes you holy. It was I who rescued you from the land of Egypt, that I might be your God. I am the Lord. The Lord said to Moses, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. These are the Lord's appointed festivals which you are to proclaim as official days for holy assembly. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of complete rest, an official day for holy assembly. It is the Lord's Sabbath day, and it must be observed wherever you live. In addition to the Sabbath, these are the Lord's appointed festivals, the official days for holy assembly, that are to be celebrated at their proper times each year. The Lord's Passover begins at sundown on the 14th day of the first month 
On the next day, the 15th day of the month, you must begin celebrating the Festival of Unleavened Bread. This festival to the Lord continues for seven days, and during that time, the bread you eat must be made without yeast. On the first day of the festival, all the people must stop their ordinary work and observe an official day for holy assembly. For seven days, you must present special gifts to the Lord. On the seventh day, the people must again stop all their ordinary work to observe an official day for holy assembly. Then the Lord said to Moses, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. When you enter the land I am giving you, and you harvest the first crops, bring the priest a bundle of grain from the first cutting of your grain harvest. On the day after the Sabbath, the priest will lift up it up before the Lord so it may be accepted on your behalf. On that same day, you must sacrifice one-year-old male lamb with no defects as a burnt offering to the Lord. With it, you must present a grain offering consisting of our, or four quarts of choice flour moistened with olive oil. It will be a special gift, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. You must offer also one quart of wine as a liquid offering. Do not eat any bread or roasted grain or fresh kernels on that day until you bring this offering to your God. This is a permanent law for you, and it must be observed from generation to generation. You know, I'm never going to catch up on this. I'm just going to start reading the New Testament, for that's where we live. See if we can go faster. Moving on to Mark chapter 9, verses 30 to 10, 22. <laughs> Here we go. Jesus, leaving that region, they traveled through Galilee. Jesus didn't want anyone to know he was there, for he wanted to spend more time with his disciples and teach them. He said to them, The Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of his enemies. He will be killed, but three days later he will rise from the dead. They didn't understand what he was saying, however, and they were afraid to ask him what he meant. After they arrived at Capernaum and settled in a house, Jesus asked his disciples, What were you discussing out in the road? But they didn't answer because they had been arguing about which one of them was the greatest. He sat down, called the twelve disciples over to him, and said, Whoever wants to be first must take the last place and be the servant of everyone else. Then he put a little child among them. Taking the child in his arms, he said to them, Anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me welcomes not only me, but also my Father which is in heaven, who sent me. John said to Jesus, Teacher, we saw someone using your name to cast out demons, but we told him to stop because he wasn't in our group. Don't stop him, Jesus said. No one who performs a miracle in my name will soon be able to speak evil of me. Anyone who is not against us is for us. If anyone gives you even a cup of water because you belong to the Messiah, I tell you the truth, that person will surely be rewarded. But if you cause one of these little ones who trust in me to fall into sin, it will be better for you to be thrown into the sea with a large millstone hung around your neck. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. 
It is better to enter eternal life with only one hand than to go into the unquenchable fires of hell with two hands. If your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better to enter eternal life with only one foot than to be thrown into hell with two feet. And if your eyes causes you to sin, gouge it out. It is better to enter the kingdom of God with only one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell, where the maggots never die and the fire never goes out. For everyone will be tested with fire. Salt is good for seasoning, but if it loses its flavor, how do you make it salty again? You must have the qualities of salt among yourself and live in peace with each other. Then Jesus left Capernaum and went down to the region of Judea and, and into the area east of the Jordan River. Once again, crowds gathered around him, and as usual, he was teaching them. Some Pharisees came and tried to trap him with this question, Should a man be allowed to divorce his wife? Jesus answered them with a question, What did Moses say in the law about divorce? Well, he permitted it, they replied. He said to a man, he said, A man can give his wife a written notice of divorce and send her away. But Jesus responded, He wrote this commandment only as a concession to your hard hearts. But God made them male and female from the beginning of creation. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Since they are no longer two, but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. Later, when he was alone with his disciples in the house, they brought up the subject again. He told them, Whoever divorces his wife and marries someone else commits adultery against her. And if a woman divorces her husband and she marries someone else, she commits adultery. Amen. Now, the disciples who got caught up in their constant struggle for personal success when they saw themselves as Jesus did, they were embarrassed to answer his question. They realized how disordered their priorities were in the light of Jesus' values. It is always painful to compare our motives with Christ. It is not wrong for believers to be industrious or ambitious or leaders in business, but obeying God and serving others always comes first. Most people think of obedience and service as a limitation and a burden. But what if you look it as a challenge, an opportunity to be creative? How could you be a blessing to others? What creative ways could you come up with to provide for someone in need or simply be an encouragement to them? There are so many possibilities for creatively blessing others and honoring God. Who else could you invite to join in ambitiously, serving others in obeying Jesus? Command to be the servant of everyone else. Amen. Now let's go ahead and see what the uh, the recovery Bible has to say about this Mark chapter 9 to 10, 13. I think I've read this before, but it won't hurt one more time. Mark chapter 9. 
Through honest self-examination, the father of the... Hang on, I don't see that. Mark chapter 30, excuse me. Here you go. The argument over who was the greatest in God's kingdom ran counter to everything Jesus stood for. True greatness is measured by how we serve others. That service for his disciples, including showing love for all people, even a little child. We may not be tempted to turn away from needy children, but what about the many adults who need our help? Do we turn away people who are poor, homeless, hungry, addicted? Amen. Cooperation with peace, not cutthroat competition, must characterize our interpersonal relationship. Jesus introduced his disciples to fully and peacefully accept others who ministered in his name. He approved of those who were building up the kingdom of God, even if they were not part of his core group of disciples. So must we. If we fail to do so, cause others to lose their faith, we will suffer the painful consequences. Amen. The word of the Lord. And now reading the Psalms, praying the Psalms, that is. We listen to the testimonies of God's provisions for his people, echo their declarations of trust and their determination to worship God. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your testimony of your word. It is a delight to our ears. Thank you, Lord God. We declare your trust, your people trusting in you as our, our God and provider. We worship you. We praise you. We give you all the glory and the honor. Amen. Psalm 44, verses 1 through 8. O oh God, we have heard it with our own ears. Our ancestors have told us of all you did in the day, in days long ago. You drove out the pagan nations by your power and gave all the land to our ancestors. You crushed our enemies and set our ancestors free. They did not conquer the land with their swords. It was not their own strong arm that gave them victory. It was your right hand and strong arm and the blinding light from your face that helped them, for you loved them. <clears throat> you are my king and my God. You command victories over Israel. Only by your power can we push back our enemies. Only in your name can we trample our foes. I do not trust in my bow. I do not count on my sword to save me. You are the one who gives us victory over our enemies. You disgrace those who hate us. O oh God, we give glory to you all the day long and constantly praise your name. Amen. Proverbs ten nineteen. Too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for your word. Reading February 28, Leviticus 22. 17 to 23 44 let's pray heavenly father thank you so much for your word you've given it to us lord god and we obey by reading it and give you all the praise and the glory and thank you for making our lives possible in every area of life in jesus name amen and the lord said to moses give aaron and his sons and all the israelites these instructions which apply both to native Israelites and to the foreigners living among you. If you present a gift as a burnt offering to the Lord, whether it be 
to fulfill a vow or a voluntary offering, you will be accepted only if your offering is a male animal with no defects. It may be a bull, a ram, or a male goat. Do not present an animal with defects because the Lord will not accept it on your behalf. If you present a peace offering to the Lord from the herd or the, or the flock, whether it is to fulfill a vow or a voluntary offering, you must offer a perfect animal. It may have no defects of any kind. You must not offer an animal that is blind, crippled, or injured, or that has a wart, a skin sore, or scabs. Such animals must never be offered on the altars as special gifts to the Lord. If a bull or lamb has a leg that is too long or too short, it may be offered as a volunteer offering, but it may not be offered to fulfill a vow. If an animal has damaged testicles or is castrated, you may not offer it to the Lord. You must never do this in your own land. And you must not accept such an animal from foreigners and then offer it as a sacrifice to your God. Such animals will not be accepted on your behalf for they are mutilated or defective. And the Lord said to Moses, When a calf or a lamb or a goat is born, it must be left with its mother for seven days. From the eighth day on, it will be accepted as a special gift to the Lord. But you must not slaughter a mother animal and her offspring on the same day, whether from the herd or the flock. When you bring a thanksgiving offering to the Lord, sacrifice it properly so you will be accepted. Eat the entire sacrifice animal on the day it is presented. Do not leave any of it until the next morning. I am the Lord. You must faithfully keep all my commandments, putting them into practice, for I am the Lord. Do not bring shame on my holy name, for I will display my holiness among the people of Israel. I am the Lord who makes you holy. It was I who rescued you from the land of Egypt, that I might be your God. I am the Lord. The Lord said to Moses, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. These are the Lord's appointed festivals, which you are to proclaim as official days for holy assembly. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of complete rest, an official day for holy assembly. It is the Lord's Sabbath day, and it must be observed wherever you live. In addition to the Sabbath, these are the Lord's appointed festivals, the official days for holy assembly that are to be celebrated at their proper times each year. The Lord's Passover begins at sundown on the 14th day of the first month. On the next day, the 15th day of the month, you must begin celebrating the festival of unleavened bread. This festival to the Lord continues for seven days, and during that time, the bread you eat must be made without yeast. On the first day of the festival, all the people must stop their ordinary work and observe an official day for holy assembly. For seven days you must present special gifts to the Lord. On the seventh day the people must again stop all their ordinary work to observe an official day for holy assembly. Then the Lord said to Moses, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. 
When you enter the land I am giving you and you harvest the first crops, bring the priest a bundle of grain from the first cutting of your grain harvest. On the day after the Sabbath, the priest will lift it up before the Lord so it may be accepted on your behalf. On that same day, you must sacrifice one-year-old male lamb with no defects as a burnt offering to the Lord. With it, you must present a grain offering consisting of our or four quarts of choice flour moistened with olive oil. It will be a special gift, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. You must offer also one quart of wine as a liquid offering. Do not eat any bread or roasted grain or fresh kernels on that day until you bring bring this offering to your God. This is a permanent law for you, and it must be observed from generation to generation. You know, I'm never going to catch up on this. I'm just going to start reading the New Testament, for that's where we live. See if we can go faster. Moving on to Mark chapter 9, verses 30 to 10, 22. <laughs> Here we go. Jesus, leaving that region, they traveled through Galilee. Jesus didn't want anyone to know he was there, for he wanted to spend more time with his disciples and teach them. He said to them, The Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of his enemies. He will be killed. But three days later, he will rise from the dead. They didn't understand what he was saying, however, And they were afraid to ask him what he meant. After they arrived at Capernaum and settled in a house, Jesus asked his disciples, What were you discussing out on the road? But they didn't answer because they had been arguing about which one of them was the greatest. He sat down, called the twelve disciples over to him, and said, Whoever wants to be first must take last place and be the servant of everyone else. Then he put a little child among them. Taking the child in his arms, he said to them, Anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me welcomes not only me, but also my Father which is in heaven, who sent me. John said to Jesus, Teacher, we saw someone using your name to cast out demons, but we told him to stop because he wasn't in our group. Don't stop him, Jesus said. No one who performs a miracle in my name will soon be able to speak evil of me. Anyone who is not against us is for us. If anyone gives you even a cup of water because you belong to the Messiah, I tell you the truth, that person will surely be rewarded. But if you cause one of these little ones who trust in me to fall into sin, It would be better for you to be thrown into the sea with a large millstone hung around your neck. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better to enter eternal life with only one hand than to go into the unquenchable fires of hell with two hands. If your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better to enter eternal life with only one foot than to be thrown into hell with two feet. And if your eyes causes you to sin, gouge it out. It is better enter the kingdom of God with only one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell, where the maggots never die and the fire never goes out. For everyone will be tested with fire. Salt is good for seasoning, but if it loses its flavor, how do you make it salty again? 
You must have the qualities of salt among yourself and live in peace with each other. Then Jesus left Capernaum and went down to the region of Judea and, and into the area east of the Jordan River. Once again, crowds gathered around him, and as usual, he was teaching them. Some Pharisees came and tried to trap him with this question, Should a man be allowed to divorce his wife? Jesus answered them with a question, What did Moses say in the law about divorce? Well, he permitted it, they replied. He said to a man, he said, A man can give his wife a written notice of divorce and send her away. But Jesus responded, He wrote this commandment only as a concession to your hard hearts. But God made them male and female from the beginning of creation. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Since they are no longer two, but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. Later, when he was alone with his disciples in the house, they brought up the subject again. He told them, Whoever divorces his wife and marries someone else commits adultery against her. And if a woman divorces her husband and she marries someone else, she commits adultery. Amen. Now, the disciples who got caught up in their constant struggle for personal success, when they saw themselves as Jesus did, they were embarrassed to answer his question. They realized how disordered their priorities were in the light of Jesus' values. It is always painful to compare our motives with Christ. It is not wrong for believers to be industrious or ambitious or leaders in business, but obeying God and serving others always comes first. Most people think of obedience and service as a limitation and a burden. But what if you look it as a challenge, an opportunity to be creative? How could you be a blessing to others? What creative ways could you come up with to provide for someone in need or simply be an encouragement to them. There are so many possibilities for creatively blessing others and honoring God. Who else could you invite to join in ambitiously, serving others in obeying Jesus? Command to be the servant of everyone else. Amen. Now let's go ahead and see what the... Uh, The Recovery Bible has to say about this Mark chapter 9 to 10, 13. I think I've read this before, but it won't hurt one more time. Mark chapter 9. Through honest self-examination, the father of the... Hang on, I don't see that. Mark chapter 30, excuse me. Here you go. The argument over who was the greatest in God's kingdom ran counter to everything Jesus stood for. True greatness is measured by how we serve others. That service for his disciples, including showing love for all people, even a little child. We may not be tempted to turn away from needy children, but what about the many adults who need our help? Do we turn away people who are poor, homeless, hungry, addicted? 
Amen. Cooperation with peace, not cutthroat competition, must characterize our interpersonal relationship. Jesus introduced his disciples to fully and peacefully accept others who ministered in his name. He approved of those who were building up the kingdom of God, even if they were not part of his core group of disciples. So must we. If we fail to do so, cause others to lose their faith, we will suffer the painful consequences. Amen. The word of the Lord. And now reading the Psalms, praying the Psalms, that is. We listen to the testimonies of God's provisions for His people, echo their declarations of trust and their determination to worship God. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your testimony of your word. It is a delight to our ears. Thank you, Lord God. We declare your trust, your people trusting in you as our our God and provider. We worship you, we praise you, we give you all the glory and the honor. Amen. Psalm 44, verses 1 through 8. O God, we have heard it with our own ears. Our ancestors have told us of all you did in the day, in days long ago. You drove out the pagan nations by your power and gave all the land to our ancestors. You crushed our enemies and set our ancestors free. They did not conquer the land with their swords. It was not their own strong arm that gave them victory. It was your right hand and strong arm and the blinding light from your face that helped them, for you loved them. You are my king and my God. You command victories over Israel. Only by your power can we push back our enemies. Only in your name can we trample our foes. I do not trust in my bow. I do not count on my sword to save me. You are the one who gives us victory over our enemies. You disgrace those who hate us. O oh God, we give glory to you all the day long and constantly praise your name. Amen. Proverbs 10:19. Too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for your word. Reading of Mark chapter 11. Jesus' triumphant entry. As Jesus and his disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the town of Bethpage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent to them on ahead, Go into that village over there, he told them. As soon as you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever written. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, what are you doing? Just say, the Lord needs it and will return it soon. The two disciples left and found the coat standing in the street, tied outside the front door. As they were untying it, some bystanders demanded, what are you doing untying the coat? They said that Jesus had told them to what to say and they were permitted to take it. Then they brought the coat to Jesus and threw their garments over it and he sat on it. Many in the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him and others spread leafy branches they had cut off, cut in the fields. Jesus was in the center of the procession and the people all around him were shouting, Praise God, blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessings on the coming king of our ancestor David. Praise God in highest heaven. 
So Jesus came to Jerusalem and went into the temple. After looking around carefully at everything, he left because it was late in the afternoon. Then he returned to Bethany with his two disciples. Let's go ahead and say that together. Let's bless the Lord by saying, Praise God. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessings on the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Praise God in highest heaven. Amen. Verse 12. The next morning as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. He noticed a fig tree in full leaf a little way off. So he went over to see if he could find any figs, but there was only leaves because it was too early in the season for fruit. Then Jesus said to the tree, May no one eat your fruit again. And the disciples heard him say that. When they arrived back in Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out the people buying and selling animals for sacrifice. He knocked over the tables of the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves. And he stopped everyone from using the temple as a marketplace. He said to them, The scriptures declare my temple will be called a house of prayer for all nations but you have turned it into a den of thieves. When the leading priests and teachers of religious law heard what Jesus was, had done, they began planning how to kill him. But they were afraid of him because the people were so amazed at his teaching. That evening, Jesus and the disciples left the city. The next morning, as they passed by the fig tree he had cursed, the disciples noticed it had withered from the roots up. Peter remembered what Jesus had said to the tree on the previous day and exclaimed, Look, Rabbi, the fig tree you curse has withered and died. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, May you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you receive it, it will be yours. But when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against, so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. Again, they entered Jerusalem as Jesus was walking through the temple area. The leading priests, the teachers of religious law, and the elders came up to him. They demanded, by what authority are you doing all these things? Who gave you the right to do them? I'll tell you by what authority I do these things. If you answer one question, Jesus replied, did John's authority to baptize came from heaven or was it merely human? Answer me. They talk it over among themselves. If we say it was from heaven, he will ask why didn't we believe John? But do we dare say it was merely human, for they were afraid of what the people would do, because everyone believed that John was a prophet. So they finally replied, We don't know. And Jesus responded, Then I won't tell you by what authority I do these things. Amen. Now, God wants us to pray for his will to be done in our lives as much as he wants us to pray for fruitfulness in the kingdom work. 
It is God's will, however, to remove mountains of resistance or denial from our lives. God has the power to do miracles, but not if we doubt him. The God of the kingdom and of recovery is the God of the impossible. If we want God to work a miracle of healing in our lives, we must pray and believe that he will. We need to admit our helplessness and put our lives into God's hands. He then will walk with us. He will walk with us and we, as we face each new step in recovery. Amen. And I <clears throat> recommend that you read and stay in the new gospel till you you see Jesus at a different light, till you feel the love of God coming through the scriptures. Because Jesus said in John uh, 8.32, I believe, he said, My word, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And he also said, My word is spirit and life, as I speak it out. So that's why we're, when we read it, we read it out loud, and we, we let the word transform us. And that transformation will add to the love of God. And faith, work it out of love. <clears throat> faith moves mountains. With faith, we can have confidence who we are in Christ Jesus and not be disturbed by the drugs, the alcohol, uh, anger. We just stop fighting everything and everyone. And we praise and we thank God for the situation just the way it is. We let God be bigger than our fears, bigger than our situation, by what by thanking God and not resistance the thing that's coming against us. If I want to drink, for instance, I'll say, Yes, you bet. Praise God. I thank God for the temptation to drink that it wants me to drink. And I bring in God into the scene. I don't try to resist it with my own power. And then the desire goes away. The truth shall set you free. God is the truth. Jesus is the truth. We acknowledge it over the situation. Exclamation point. Over the problem. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. And thank God. I love you. Thank you so much for coming on today's reading. Let's go ahead and pray. Thank you, God. Thank you for the situations that we become addict really easy. Subconsciously, emotionally. Physically, we get hooked up to things that are not good to us. We thank you for those problems, and we thank you for life just the way it is. Thank you for keeping us in your hands and fixing us, Lord Jesus, we ask in your name. Amen. Amen, family. Thank you for coming in today. Reading of Mark chapter 11, Jesus' triumphant entry. As Jesus and his disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the town of Bethpage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent to them on ahead, Go into that village over there, he told them. As soon as you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, what are you doing? Just say, the Lord needs it and will return it soon. The two disciples left and found the coat standing in the street, tied outside the front door. As they were untying it, some bystanders demanded, what are you doing untying the coat? 
they said that Jesus had told them to what to say, and they were permitted to take it. Then they brought the coat to Jesus and threw their garments over it, and he sat on it. Many in the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and others spread leafy branches they had cut off, cut in the fields. Jesus was in the center of the procession, and the people all around him were shouting, Praise God, blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessings on the coming king of our ancestor David. Praise God in highest heaven. So Jesus came to Jerusalem and went into the temple. After looking around carefully at everything, he left because it was late in the afternoon. Then he returned to Bethany with his two disciples. Let's go ahead and say that together. Let's bless the Lord by saying, Praise God. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessings on the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Praise God in highest heaven. Amen. Verse 12. The next morning as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. He noticed a fig tree in full leaf a little way off. So he went over to see if he could find any figs, but there was only leaves because it was too early in the season for fruit. Then Jesus said to the tree, May no one eat your fruit again. And the disciples heard him say that. When they arrived back in Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out the people buying and selling animals for sacrifice. He knocked over the tables of the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves and he stopped everyone from using the temple as a marketplace he said to them the scriptures declare my temple will be called a house of prayer for all nations but you have turned it into a den of thieves when the leading priests and teachers of religious law heard what jesus was had done they began planning how to kill him but they were afraid of him because the people were so amazed at his teaching. That evening, Jesus and the disciples left the city. The next morning, as they passed by the fig tree he had cursed, the disciples noticed it had withered from the roots up. Peter remembered what Jesus had said to the tree on the previous day and exclaimed, Look, Rabbi, the fig tree you cursed has withered and died. Then Jesus said to his disciples, have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything and if you believe that you receive it, it will be yours. But when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your father in heaven will forgive your sins too. Again, they entered Jerusalem as Jesus was walking through the temple area. The leading priests, the teachers of religious law, and the elders came up to him. They demanded, By what authority are you doing all these things? Who gave you the right to do them? I'll tell you by what authority I do these things. If you answer one question, Jesus replied, did John's authority to baptize came from heaven, or was it merely human? Answer me. They talk it over among themselves. If we say it was from heaven, he will ask why didn't we believe John? 
But do we dare say it was merely human, for they were afraid of what the people would do, because everyone believed that John was a prophet. So they finally replied, we don't know. And Jesus responded, then I won't tell you by what authority I do these things. Amen. Now, God wants us to pray for his will to be done in our lives as much as he wants us to pray for fruitfulness in the kingdom work. It is God's will, however, to remove mountains of resistance or denial from our lives. God has the power to do miracles, but not if we doubt him. The God of the kingdom and of recovery is the God of the impossible. If we want God to work a miracle of healing in our lives, we must pray and believe that he will. We need to admit our helplessness and put our lives into God's hands. He then will walk with us. He will walk with us and as we face each new step in recovery. Amen. And I recommend that you read and stay in the new gospel till you you see Jesus at a different light till you feel the love of God coming through the scriptures. Because Jesus said in John uh, 8.32, I believe, he said, In my word, you will know the f- truth, and the truth will set you free. And he also said, My word is spirit and life as I speak it out. So that's why we're, when we read it, we read it out loud and we, we let the word transform us. And that transformation will add to the love of God. And faith, work it out of love. <clears throat> faith moves mountains. With faith, we can have confidence who we are in Christ Jesus and not be disturbed by the drugs, the alcohol, uh, anger. We just stop fighting everything and everyone. And we praise and we thank God for the situation just the way it is. We let God be bigger than our fears, bigger than our situation, by what by thanking God and not resistance the thing that's coming against us. If I want to drink, for instance, I'll say, Yes, you bet. Praise God. I thank God for the temptation to drink that it wants me to drink. And I bring in God into the scene. I don't try to resist it with my own power. And then the desire goes away. The truth shall set you free. God is the truth. Jesus is the truth. We acknowledge it over the situation, exclamation point, over the problem. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. And thank God. I love you. Thank you so much for coming on today's reading. Let's go ahead and pray. Thank you, God. Thank you for the situations that we become addict really easy, subconsciously, emotionally, physically we get hooked up to things that are not good to us we thank you for those problems and we thank you for life just the way it is thank you for keeping us in your hands and fixing us lord jesus we ask in your name amen amen family thank you for coming in today